Hello and welcome to New England Beer Reviews, episode 58, Timber Yard Sours. My name's TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. How the fuck are you today, Elderberry? Yeah, I couldn't think of anything funny, uh, so I typed in some dumb bullshit. Um, yeah, dumb bullshit. It'll make slightly more sense when we get into the beer. Um, I am, I don't know, okay. I'm alive, I guess. Yeah, I, I know. I, I definitely know the feeling. It's still currently existing. Uh, well, while we are existing, let's get into beer number one today. Beer number one today comes to us from Timber Yard Brewing Company. It is part of their Sour Series. It is their Elderberry Sour. Can you tell where this episode's going? Um, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Crack. Only slightly sprayed myself in the face. Nice. Oh, yeah. Only slightly. Only slightly. Man, this has got some color. Oh, yeah, it does. I also love that this mic is good enough that it can pick up uh, pouring sounds. So, that's pretty rad. Check it out, kids. It's a Yeti Nano. I used to have a snowball. Now I've got a Yeti. My father's not a Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy's not a yeti that's what it is uh i mean i think if i poured closer to the mic you could probably hear it on mine uh, in case you guys are wondering what my setup is i have an akg lyra i personally love it oh i'm definitely a bigger fan of this one than my old one <laughs> Don't get me wrong. My my snowball, I thought, was a great, like, starter mic. It was, like, fucking 50 bucks. And, I'm like, this is still pretty much a starter mic because this wasn't, like, 80 bucks. But, I don't know. I feel like this one gets a better quality sound than I got out of the snowball. Oh, definitely. I think I got mine for, like, 110, 120. Yeah, that's not bad. Ooh, also, this is not bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Timberyard Brewing Company is out of um, East Brookfield, Massachusetts. Uh, where that is in Massachusetts, I don't know. I'm going to guess it's Western Brookfield. <laughs> it's out in There Be Dragons territory. Uh, that's what I was figuring. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not as far west as Otis, but somewhere around, I don't know, fucking Amherst or something. This isn't as intensely sour as some Berliners tend to be. Um, I really like the tart of the elderberry in it. Yeah, it's it's more like tart than like mouth puckeringly sour. Yeah, and it's like, but the elderberry flavor comes through nicely. Like it's oh, in flavor and color, because yeah. like the color of this thing is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it looks like I'm drinking red wine or something, except like the consistency is wrong. Yeah, or, or like grape juice <laughs> with a little bit of carbonation, but not quite as much as like sparkling grape juice. I was going to say wine. It's uh, grape juice that we left outside too long. Yes, we forgot our grape juice in the sun, and when we came back to it, it was wine. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, motherfucking untapped booted me back. Hmm. 
All right. Well, I know that our what? first beer that we're talking about, because we're talking about some uh, funky bows, because we were up there the end of May to go see uh, the sister band of our of our theme song bands band. Yes. Roots Rhythm That's... and Dub. We're playing a show at Funky Bow Brewing Company in somewhere in fucking Maine. It's in Lyman. FYI. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, our first beer was their Hoppy Citra something. Hoppy Notes uh, ho- Citra. Hoppy, no- Hoppy Notes Citra. Hoppy Notes being, I'm guessing, a uh, IPA series, and this was their Citra iteration. I'm guessing that, yeah. Um, um it, it was all right. Yeah, like, I would. I think this was probably my favorite of the ones that we actually tried. Oops, I need to put my phone in silent. Um, it was. I don't know. I mean, again, as a person who has been really into you know, hazy sours slash New England, uh, not sours, hazy IPAs slash New England style IPAs. The fact that none of theirs are actually New England style or even hazy is kind of like, but like this one was fairly smooth and had like decent flavor. But um, I I would say like Funky Bow is not a bad brewery, but it's definitely a brewery more for people who... uh, don't particularly want any of the fancy shit that TJ and I tend to go for. Um, I mean, I don't think that what they're doing is bad per se. It's just not exciting. It's it's, it's kind of to take your, your older father on like a fucking Saturday afternoon to go grab a couple of, you know, non-offensive beers. Yeah, unless you've corrupted your father to your ways like I have, so. Yes, unless. Like, I'm sure that my dad would, you know, could still get into it, but, like, man, I've even gotten the guy to drink sours at this point, so, you know. I mean, all right, so I'm curious about that with Bruce. Is he drinking, like, sour sours, or is he drinking, like, smoothie-style sours that I don't know if I'd really call sour? kind of both uh i think he tends to be more in the smoothie style camp which i don't blame him because they fucking rule but oh yeah no smoothie um, styles are fucking delicious there's there's a reason why we've been drinking them (laughs) i mean i feel like five years ago this man used to whine about like oh there's like other stuff in my beer and now it's like (laughs) there's stuff in my beer oh there's stuff in my beer yeah, you so. got fruit in my beer. You got beer on my fruit. Hey. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Sometimes that works out pretty well. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, I've had these sours. North. We've had these sours for a while in case you're like wondering why the fuck, you know, you're like, oh, hey, that sounds great. And you can't go eas- easily find it. Um I don't remember when this one, when I actually bought this elderberry one, but it was a fucking while ago. Yeah, it, and, it's been a while. I was looking for dates on them. <laughs> it, they don't have dates, but the bottom says of the elderberry says, drink your medicine. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's one of the things I like about, you know, a classic sours is that, I don't know, you can keep them for a hell of a long time. They don't really go bad quickly. Um, 
Yeah. Like, they, I, mean, like I would recommend and, leaving them refrigerated just because of the lactobacillus. But yeah, they tend, but like much like they, they, I find that when a sour actually goes bad, it, what it's doing is like kind of turning to vinegar as mm-hmm. opposed to getting that horrible, like skunked beer flavor that like other things get that like, it's not oxid, uh, it's not oxidizing so much as it's, uh, converting into acetic acid partially. Yeah. In that way, it's much more similar to wine. Mm-hmm. Like bad wine turns to vinegar. <laughs> or at least bad yes. red wine. I don't know what bad white wine turns to. Crap. I would assume still vinegar. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a wine person, so I can't <clears throat> really answer that question effectively. I'm not a white wine person, so I can't answer that. No, because there's there's totally white wine vinegar, right? Yeah, there definitely is. Okay, then yeah, that, that's totally what wine would end up turning to once it goes bad. All right, keep it on, keep it on, because we've got beers to get through, and I also don't want to have like a super long episode tonight. So, yeah, you guys, and watch this. It's going to turn into like a two-hour one. Um, <laughs> another beer that we had at Funky Bow. Do you want to introduce it? <laughs> sure. Hoedown Colch-inspired ale. It was fine. I mean, it's a Kolsch. Like, yeah. I mean, style specific, I would put it way higher than what we rated it. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, again, we it, rate against like everything we've had. Yeah. It's and a Kolsch. They didn't, generous. they didn't fuck it up. That, that, yeah. you know, that's enough to get me to get me to give it like a 3.75. Uh, much like the next one. Uh, yes. The Soul Folken Hoppy IPA. Um, Again, like not New England, it's an American IPA. Um, but yeah, like it was unoffensive. It was nice. It wasn't too much of a West Coast, right? But you know, it it again was like nothing to really write home about. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll notice that this is a theme here. Uh, same with the next one, Midnight Special Coffee Porter. <laughs> I mean, it's a generic coffee porter. It's well executed. It's just not particularly exciting. Like, I don't know. I feel like you could have amped up the coffee flavor more. I feel like you could have mm-hmm. thrown like lactose or some shit in it. Like, mm-hmm. there's a few things that you could do to make it more interesting. But you know, again, it this is, is a brewery that, yeah, this is a brewery that focuses heavily on like again, really basic shit. And like that absolutely has a place in the market. It's just not a, a, the sort of shit I tend to go for. It's not the sort of shit that we tend to go for. Yes. Uh, keeping on this train, we also had mainly haze. Oh, this one, this one, actually, I think that you ended up slightly overrating it. Because yeah, it. Claims to be a New England hazy IPA, and it was not. No, it was uh, less clear than the others, but it was not hazy. It's like it's it reminds me more of like the quote unquote New England style IPA I got from some like random brewery in fucking Utah. And it was like, I can see through this. You did it wrong. Same thing here. 
I definitely did overrate it because like they're they're small. I was trying to like throw them a bone because yeah, I know we we like to try and be nice as often as possible, especially with ratings. Like you know, like when we were talking to uh, fucking what's his name, Jay Gray from um, Odd by Nature. Odd by Nature, and it's like no, I feel you, man. Instead of just having people like really cut down your rating because it's not something that's for them. Like, I'm not going to do that to these guys at Funky Bow because like what they're doing is, yeah, it it's fine. I I did check in the uh, mainly haze at a 3.5 instead of like the 3.75 you did. But that's because, you know, it wasn't really a, a New England style IPA. Right. <laughs> I don't mind bringing down their average just a little bit. It's not like I'm hitting them with a 0.5 on it because it's like, no, this is not a New England IPA. Fuck you. It's like, no. I mean, it, it's similar to the people who get like, you know, fucking the weirder stuff from Odd by Nature and is like, ew, this is gross. I don't like this. I don't like this kind of beer. Well, why the fuck do you fucking order it? Like, yeah. why did you order it thinking that, like, oh, maybe this time I'm suddenly going to like sour ales? And it's like, if you've had them before and you don't like them, and then you like mark their shit down way hard because it's a style that you don't like, then that's some douchebaggery in my book. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you need to. It, it, it's like, I don't really care for, you know, peppers and onions, but I can also judge the flavor of a dish outside my own preferences. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not everybody has that level, level of uh, objectivity. <laughs> exactly. Um. So... I'll, I'll introduce the last one of, from Funky Bow, and I want to kind of at least comment on Funky Bow itself, other than, you know, the beer part we've been talking about. Oh, yeah, we can um, totally talk about, like, their location some, too, because... Yeah, so we had Late Checkout, which is a pale ale, once again, fine 3.75 for me. Um, yeah, but style-specific, it was fine. <laughs> again, so the, the, the it, big advantages for Funky Bow, in my opinion, are less that, like their beer is like amazing and mind blowing. It's totally drinkable and they have a really cool outdoor space. Um, they have, you know, a stage area that they have for bands, um, you know, a bunch of outdoor seating. They even have like what appears to be one of those like indoor outdoor, like sort of tenty deals, um, which looked pretty cool. Um, they have yeah i would guess they mostly use that like greenhouse area when it's raining Mm -hmm. but then they also have like well when we were there it was like burgers and pizza yeah they do serve some food which is really cool not a huge Um, menu especially Uh, because there aren't really like a lot of restaurants around there so yeah and if you have a medicinal card there's a dispensary right there too Yep, there's a teeny tiny dispensary, although personally speaking, based on the menu differences, I would recommend going around the corny- corner to headquarters, which is also in Lyman and is less than five minutes away. That place has a baller-ass selection. Red. Yay, weed. I love mm-hmm. marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So <laughs> while we're on, actually, while we're on the talking about breweries part, before we get back to going in through beer real quick, I want to mention about a post that I saw today on Instagram from Night Shift, who I, again, I feel bad that we have shit on them so much because, you know, they are, you know, good people who made really good beer and just, you know, sort of went in a different direction versus being like really intensely creative. But I saw that they're having, they suddenly got news that they are um, having their CO2 supply limited. So they have, I'm guessing supply chain shit. Uh Um, So this feels like something that's going to be affecting the craft, especially the craft brewing industry, but all brewing across the board. I just suspect that the big guys are going to have an easier time um, fighting for more than their fair share of what's available. Um, But uh, night shifts. No, situation often CO2. Oh, yeah, because you have to infuse CO2 into the beer Mm -hmm. itself. No, because if you're doing it right, it's through the fermentation process that you're getting CO2. You just yeah, but you usually CO2, do add yeah some. CO2 to like pump beer out of kegs. Uh no, it. I think it's it's more than that. It is actually used in the process as well. Okay. Um, Be nice not to all carbonation these comes. Days. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would not all the carbonation comes from the brewing process. So some obviously, but not all. Um. Like, for instance, relatively speaking, this beer that we're drinking right now is fairly still. They probably don't add CO2 to it, which is why it is so... It's relatively still, lightly sparkling, I guess is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Um, And that would probably be the only complaint about having one of these sours sit for so long is, I think... Well, no, because we've had... No, they're just kind of like this. Well, we've had bottle-conditioned ones that if you don't drink them fast enough, they will explode. Uh, Right. I'm thinking that uh, King and Queen, I forget which one it was, but it was one of those two that we lost like half the bottle when it exploded. Right. Whereas this is not bottle conditioned at all. So like it doesn't have any ongoing CO2 and it hasn't really lost a lot. I don't think, I think it was fairly still to begin with, if I recall correctly. Anyway, because Berliners, I don't think are meant to be super foamy ever. Um, but going back to the CO2 shortage, I feel really bad. It turns out that uh, that's going to significantly impact Night Shift's ability to continue brewing. So they're actually moving the majority of their brewing to uh, contracts with, that they have with, uh, I think, Jack's Abbey and IBG. Um, I don't even know what and the fuck IBG is. I don't either, but um, they're... Uh, Laying off almost their entire brewing portion of their staff. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, They basically said, you know, no matter what, whether we have work or not, we're paying people through October 1st. We're giving them anybody who is getting laid off gets a severance package, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, like, it's good to see that they're taking care of their employees. But like, you know, just a thing to be aware of the fact that like. You know, supply chain shortages are really hitting uh, every industry, including craft brewing. And, you know, I mean, first it was the can shortage, which everybody seems to have kind of figured out more or less. But, you know, was really dicey for a while. This this could be this could be a lot worse than that. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, if you don't have the pull to get enough CO2, then that might just straight up kill your brewery. I mean, fuck, man. The fact that Night Shift is ending their in-house brewing process is more or less really yeah. fucking weird to me. Yeah, they're basically keeping whatever staff they have on as like R&D. They were trying to figure out if they could make it work and they just can't. And yeah, I don't know if you could hear him, but I could. I'd... Okay, well, that's cool. Um, Hopefully you can too, folks, so you know why I just said that. I just got yelled at by a cat. Anyway, um, you know, solidarity to Night Shift. Um, we may kind of shit on the direction that you took your, your beer in. I will never shit on you as a company as a whole. Um, I applaud you for, you know, supporting your staff and, you know, trying to figure this out the, as best you can. And um, I really hope that this is something, this is a situation that, you know, doesn't get too out of hand and doesn't, you know, end up tanking a lot of places that really deserve a chance to continue to grow and experiment. Yeah, that uh, I wasn't even thinking about the other side of that, of like it affecting more of the nano breweries doing more of the weird shit. Like, yeah. are we going to start getting less weird shit? I like mean, I kinda... also, what happens to, like, their distro arm? I know. Because what if, like, a lot of, you know, the people in their distribution can't actually produce anymore? Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this all shakes out. I don't know. This is the first I've heard about the shortage. I don't really know, um, you know, how, how much it's affecting everybody. Um, if any breweries want to reach out to us and let us know how that's going. I might, you know, kind of start bringing it up when I see people and, you know, kind of tr try to get a better lay of the land and figure out, like, what exactly is going on and how much of an impact it's having on everyone. But... We need another beer fest. Yep. Yep. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> so after that brief interlude, which was still beer related, mind you. Absolutely. Um, Hey, yeah, we do talk about beer sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I'll just do the next one. So, we were drinking some shit that's been in my cabinet for a long time. <laughs> um, one of the things that I have a tendency to quote-unquote cellar, even though I don't actually have a cellar anymore, are sours. Um, this one is outside New England. It was from Epic Brewing Company. Um, I have been to their location in Salt Lake City, and they're a cool group of people. Um, this was their Sour Brainless on Pineapple, and yep, held up just fine in a bottle. I'm pretty sure I'd had it for years at this point, especially also, good sours. I also find fine. funny that the ABV is 9.07, because mm -hmm. I'm guessing that that's like the Salt Lake area code. Oh, that's a that's entirely possible. I don't know what their what their well, area. I, I know that like plenty of fucking breweries have done stupid shit like that, or the um, uh, or like the I forget the name of it, but it was like six point six six percent. Oh yeah, um, I think that was one of the abomination ones we had. 
Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it sour brainless on pineapple was pretty damn good. And I think that like, especially the tart acidity of pineapple really helped the flavors a lot in that. I'm not sure if we've had other sour brainlesses before. I'm fairly Yes, certain. we have. We've definitely had sour brainless and peaches. I can't remember if okay. we've had any of the others. Um, honestly, genuinely speaking, I, I really like Epic. I think that, you know, of the breweries from Utah that we get distro of out here, at least, uh, they're my favorite Utah brewery. Um, the people who work there were super cool. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Epic. Um, and then we also ended up having a Trillium that night. Uh, Long Life Apricot. It's a wild ale. It comes in at 8.8%. Um, <clears throat> this edition of Lifelong is aged on Muscat grape juice, uh, Mandarina Bavaria, Mandarina Bavaria hops, Jesus Christ, and Apricot. Blah, 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 blah. It was tasty. It was goddamn tasty. Yeah, another one that had been aging for years, actually. Like, I, I wouldn't call it amazing. I, I honestly probably would have thought it would have been better given how long it had been aging, because that's something that should have gotten better with time. So yeah, but it probably passed really its peak at this point. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm... As long as it's still, like decent tasting and drinkable i usually consider that a win of like oh yeah i forgot that this was in the back of my cabinet forever um but you know stuff so stuff i indeed. met a dear dear friend uh shout out to jess who sometimes listens to us i will make sure to Go jess I will make sure to tell you to listen to this episode. Be like, I mentioned your name. Anyway, uh, she and I went to Brewer's Fork in Charlestown, which if you've never been there, is a place that makes delicious fucking delicious pizza. All their food is good, even, even the non-pizza parts of it. And their beer selection is not like the biggest, but it's fucking awesome. No, highly, it, it's definitely a well-curated selection that they tend to have there. Do yourself a favor and go to this place if you've never been there. It is awesome. Um, so, at Brewer's Fork, I got to try Azalea by Tilted Barn, which is a New England-style dipper that is dry hopped with a Southern Hemisphere hop out of New Zealand called the Nectaron, which Nectaron. I don't know... I don't know if that, that's how it's actually supposed to be pronounced, but I've decided that it is, and uh, you know my will is law, so because um, it's fun to say it that way. Um, this was solid. I really enjoyed it. Um, gave this one a four point five, which you know is above well, you know, well above their average rating of a four point one six. But again, any any average rating over a four, you should be like ooh. Um, <laughs> I also got to have Sand Tracks by Vitamin C. That is a single New England IPA with uh, Brew One and Cascade hops. Um, I ended up going 4.25 on this one just because it wasn't a bad beer. I just think that those are 
the hops were not my favorites. Yeah, but it's I mean, you still gave it above average. Like its average is four point oh five. So yes. Next up, you stepped outside of New England. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll introduce this one to give you a chance to drink some of your beer, since my beer is almost empty, which means it's almost commercial time. Uh, the next beer that she had at Brewer's Fork that time was uh, Look Through the Scope from Finback. Finback based in Queens, New York, as a collaboration with Long Live Beer Works out of Providence, Rhode Island. So we are still in New England. Although, uh, honestly, like, how long is it going to take us to, uh, you know, secede from the rest of the country? And then, you know, we're just sort of the nation of the Northeast with, like, New York and maybe Pennsylvania and Jersey. Come join us, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pennsylvania, come join us. You, you, you know you want to be cool like Western that. Pennsylvania, you can like we'll, we'll, we'll share we'll share um we'll we'll share um lobster rolls with you and you can share your secrets of cheesesteak with us. Because mm-hmm. we need some better fucking cheesesteak in, in this state. Indeed. Indeed. Um but yeah, it's an IPA, 8.2%, hopped with HS Evergreen Citra 007. <laughs> I love the name of 007. Yeah, no, uh, that's kind of hilarious. It is. Um, yeah, decent beer. Um, I think I gave that one like a 4.25. Like, you know, wasn't like the best IPA I've ever had, but it was certainly solid as fuck. So... You know, I mean, especially coming at like, uh, let's be honest here. You're not, you're, you're going to hit more than you miss when you try a random Finback you've like never fucking heard of. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, they are rarely a letdown and like a letdown from them is still like a 3.75 usually. Oh boy. So the last one I had at Brewer's Fork, I am going to attempt Latin, and we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, Ud Tempus. Why not? Not that's not the part that I'm worried about. So Ud Tempus Blend Number Three is the last oh. one I had. This is a sour from OEC Brewing, uh, Ordinum Eccentrici Cactores. Uh, sure, let's assume that I got that kind of right. It is a brewery from Oxford, Connecticut. I've never fucking heard of before. Um, This was like... Their blend number three. (laughs) This was a... This and like... This kind of harkened back to my first experiences with sours. So this was not like a... Oh, you know, we did like kettle sour with like, you know, throwing some stuff in. No, no, no. This is like intense wild fermentation. Yeah. Um, where you get a shitload of depth of flavor purely from the fermentation process and the, you know, like the basic ingredients used as opposed to adding stuff to it. Like this was fucking phenomenal. I gave this a 4.5 and like, man, like. This is a brewery I need to look for more because, like, holy hell. Also, uh, OEC, if you listen to this and you're not going to. But if you do, 
give us some more information on untapped man guys people whatever like we 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 drink too many beers we can't remember everything about all the beers that we drink so if you give us some keywords we might be able to like remember things about the beers more uh-huh. yeah um humans of of beer loving persuasion and beer making persuasion more information good more information good <laughs> i you know honestly like some of my favorite like outside of like art cans some of my favorite cans these days are the ones that give me the information yep like like tell me the hops tell me the abv Tell me where you're at. Uh, fuck, man. Tell me the malts. Fuck, man. Tell me the yeast. Yeah, but if we give away all of our secrets, then maybe people will copy us. Um, eh, there's more to brewing than just putting the same ingredients in a fucking container. Oh, yes, there is. Also, uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. <laughs> Indeedly do. Um, hey, why don't you get through one more, and then we're going to take a quick commercial break before we get into beer number two. You got it, buddy. So, I picked up a random four-pack of From Barreled Souls of I Love Chocolate. That wasn't enough O's. Fuck off. Um, the Barreled <laughs> Souls is from Saco. Again, super cool place to visit. Uh, this one was a sour ale with loads of strawberry and white chocolate. Um, I thought it was solid. Uh, not not as solid as I wanted it to be. Um, I don't think that the flavors came through as well as I wanted them to. Surprisingly, mm. the strawberry was very, very background. Oh, uh, lame. Yeah, and the white chocolate didn't come through super well either. Like, it was a pleasant enough drinking sour, but, like, it wasn't... I don't know. It just didn't have the flavor punch that I was looking for, nor that a lot of their beers have. So um, I would recommend if they're going to do that one in the future, like, I don't know, add more of both. Hear that? Barreled Souls. Who will never listen to this? Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I'm not terribly surprised by that verdict just because that tends to be an issue with a number of theirs that I have. It's like, I really like what you're trying to go for. If only you went a little harder for it. Yeah. Sometimes they like, they, they hit it right on the mark and sometimes they don't like what they make is never abjectly bad. It's just like, sometimes it like really hits and sometimes it just could be improved. Yes. Um, except for that fucking, I don't know if we've talked about it yet. I don't think we have sangria one. Oh yeah we'll, we'll we'll get there at some point guys uh but yeah we're gonna take a uh quick commercial break we don't get paid for any of these commercials we just do them because we think they're amusing um our first ad today comes to us from marvel studios and taiga ytt if you haven't seen it yet uh check out thor love and thunder it is easily the second best Thor movie. We're going to get into a full interview or full review of that later on. But in theaters now, Thor Love and Thunder. Check it out. Also, uh, our, fucking rules and you should check out more of his stuff. If you haven't watched Our Flag Means Death yet, uh, check go it out. <laughs> all, I cut in all of his glory and I fucking love it. Yeah, it's, um, it's fantastic. Um, 
our our second ad today gets brought to you by co2 co2 do you know what makes your drinks fizzy do you know what gives you burps well folks it's our good old friend co2 everyone tells you it's a bad thing but guess what it makes stuff fizzy and we all like fizzy don't you like fizzy you know you like fizzy you know you like fizzy and we're while we're talking about gases um we should probably bring up uh you know conserve your helium because we're running out of it oh yeah um and you know it 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 is used for important applications uh unlike you know fucking party balloons and making your voice sound funny like it's actually a uh in vital component of things like uh electronics production uh also uh divers gas mixtures and believe it or not there are divers who do that like because we have shit like underwater uh communication lines and uh oil rigs and crap that need to be maintained and like that shit none of that shit happens without helium so yep (laughs) um yeah, maybe maybe don't buy fucking helium party balloons anymore because maybe maybe if we stop buying them, they just won't be a thing anymore. Because like they're not only are you using up the helium supplies faster for no good reason, you're also you often you know you let it fly, then it just becomes fucking litter. Mm-hmm. And like doesn't, some doesn't just escape velocity. Um, but th- this also is starting to feel more like. Uh, you know, telling people to stop using plastic straws to save the turtles. I uh, actually no, no. Here's an ad. <laughs> it's made of oil, and you know what we don't want to use more of is oil. Well, they they keep on saying it as you know. Yeah, because plastics. that that actually makes people care more than you know caring yeah, about. It allows them to connect and it for their kids but... to live. If we really want to do something about the fucking environment, we need to do something about corporations. Which brings us to our first uh, um, alleged ad. Let's eat a billionaire. Come on, guys. If enough of us get together, we can eat one billionaire, and then the rest of them all fall in line, allegedly. Uh, Which then also brings us to our anti-ad. Fuck you, Zoom. You suck. We enjoyed using you more. But since two people can only use it for 40 minutes as of the last time we tried, fuck you, Zoom. Um, We'll be back momentarily with beer number two. Woo! All right. Weren't those some great fucking ads, guys? Uh, Here we are on to beer number two. Weren't those some great, great ads, Emily? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Beer number two today comes to us again from Timberyard Brewing Company. Another from their sour series. This is their mojito sour, which is why we went with the title name Timberyard Sours instead of like elderberry sour <laughs> or mojito sour. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. In three, two, one, crack. All right. Oh, this one. This one uh, definitely foamed a little bit more, it seems. <laughs> it is more foamy while pouring. A little bit more. Definitely more sparkly. Makes me wonder if the other one did lose some carbonation, but like not a ton. 
This one's not, it's still not like a ton of head or anything. All right. I mean, it definitely smells mojito-y. <laughs> I'm not getting a lot of mint off of it. I get a ton of lime, and the lime is extremely pleasant. Oh, I get mint on the nose, not really in the flavor. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm getting a little bit of mint in the palate now, too. But no, it's good. I mean... I don't know. It's kind of hard to go wrong with... Uh fresh mint and lime because like it's very clearly made with fresh ingredients no extracts here folks yeah no extracts here folks um but yeah no it, it, it it's definitely pretty damn good um i don't know it's very similar to the other one except the lime and mint <laughs> yeah Again, if, you, if you're a person who likes basic Berliners, you don't want one that's, like, mouth-puckeringly sour, but you want something that's, like, nice and tart, you know, has the good has good flavors, but isn't, like, overly complex or challenging. Like, I think this is solid. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's do a few more beers and then talk some pop culture, motherfucker. Well, yeah, we already teased a movie review. <laughs> I know. Uh, do you want to do the next one or should I? Why don't you? Because mine sent me all the way back. So that's I'm really back stupid. To where we were. Um. So revisiting 450 North again. If you can't tell, we're really into 450 North right now. Uh, we managed to find slushy triple XL candy corn float. Double. Double XL. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, candy corn float double XL is conditioned on cara cara orange, pineapple, vanilla soft serve ice cream, marshmallow, vanilla cream, and candy corn. And it was everything I wanted it to be, personally speaking. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty fucking weird, but... I really enjoyed its weirdness. Like, I know that we both gave it a fucking 4.25, but mm -hmm. it was still, like, pretty much everything that I had wanted from that. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how they could have gotten a higher rating off of it, but what they did was what I wanted from that. Indeed. Um, then we had something fucking bomb <laughs> oh my we, god we had ice ice purdy it's a lemon cherry coconut slushy style sour um <clears throat> from drecker in north dakota yeah from drecker in fargo north dakota um fucking it's got lemon cherry plum coconut and lemon slushy mix like holy shit balls this it was fucking fantastic. Like, I, mean, I, I would buy this over and over. It was so drinkable. I feel like we've really been enjoying like their Pert series. Agreed. Yeah. The the like Chonk is an interesting series. Uh I think the Pert series generally does better though. Oh, absolutely. Like, don't get um, me wrong, I've, I've been enjoying the chunks from them that we've had, but 
yeah, the the perts tend to be a whole lot more well executed. But like, oh my god! I mean, Ice Ice Party is my favorite director I've had so far, easily. Like, I gave it a four point seven five. I think I was like, no, I don't give it a five. Don't give it a five. Don't give it a five. But I had to like talk myself out of it. <laughs> um, so we also had a tripping animals, which we're starting to see more around here, which is cool because tripping animals is a brewery from Doral, Florida that uh, is, you know, has been talked about in beer circles for a while. Um, this one was Irie Jungle Sour Vibes 2022. Um, a potion of vibes made with more fruits than you can imagine swimming in an ocean of marshmallow and vanilla. <laughs> the truest way to stay trippy. The only way to get absolutely Irie. Gave it a 4.25. I thought it was solid. I don't think it was like mind blowing, but you know, like no, there was definitely like five is nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, nothing to shake a stick at. Like I wanted more from it, given other things that I've had from tripping animals. That mm -hmm. like I know that they can do something more flavorful, and the flavors just weren't quite as punchy as I wanted them to be. Right, but it was still pretty damn good. Like. It's fucking tripping animals, man. Try it out. Yeah. Um. Next up, we ended up having a hard seltzer. And this is before we get to our hard seltzer episode. <laughs> That's going to be a fun one. Uh, this one came to us from Abomination. We've talked about them a bunch. They're out of North Haven, Connecticut. Uh, this is their luscious, double-fruited, banana, strawberry, and blueberry smoothie-style seltzer. And I, like, I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't as good as that fucking, um... 450 North? Yeah. But, like, because I think we both gave that, like, a 4.75 when we had it. I think so. Uh, this we both gave a 4.5. So... It's not that much worse than the 450 North. It's just 450 North, I think, is hitting their flavors a lot better. But 450 North, the only stuff that we've really had from them has been their smoothie style sours. Yeah. Whereas we've had more styles from Abomination that are still really good, mm -hmm. i.e. last episode. <laughs> yeah. I.e first episode <laughs> like depending on why you're in the seltzer game this is like smoothie style seltzers are a super fun thing to explore like if you're in the seltzer game because it's lower calories than beer smoothie style seltzers probably aren't going to fix that for you no they definitely will not <laughs> if you're in it because you're trying to reduce your gluten or you just like something that has you know a lighter palate because it you know is lacking like that you know malty then like hell yeah go for some smoothie style sours they're worth trying i've had a you know now that we've had a few of them it's like damn they're they're fucking good they're fucking good <laughs> emily would you like to introduce our next super interesting beer <laughs> lol um so we went to a place called boston tavern in norwood that had Pretty good food, okay cocktails, and a kind of a lame beer selection. Um, 
I ended up getting a Wachusett Brewing Blueberry Ale with, like, the blueberries in it. And, yeah, it's still not great. I've had it many times. I just apparently had never checked it in. Um, yep, gave that a three. Like, Wachusett <laughs> Blueberry is not that great. Uh, when I initially checked that in, like, fucking however long ago I checked that in, I gave it a 3.5. These days, I'd probably give that like a three, maybe a three point two five. Like, it's not no. terrible. Yeah, it's not. Not it. No, no. And, and it's definitely like slightly better if you actually have fucking blueberries in it. Marginally. Marginally. But yeah, if you're looking for just, you know, oh, it's summertime. I don't like Sam Summer. Watch who's a blueberry. Go for it, man. Or Del Shandy. Go for it, man. Mm hmm. Um, and because, you know, since we had beer and cocktails there, the beer that I got that night was probably their most interesting one, which mm-hmm. is not a high bar. <laughs> um, it was Rainbows and Butterflies from Springdale Beer Company out of Framingham, Mass. Um, it's a 9% hazy double New England style IPA. Um, I don't think I don't remember it being like, yeah, it was pretty damn see through. It didn't it wasn't really like it had a bit of the New England flavor, but it didn't have the New England look. Agreed. Um, but yeah, so, it wasn't bad. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on, moving on. Uh, let's fucking get into a little bit of pop culture talk before uh, yeah. we, we, we get out of here because we're trying to have like a shorter episode. So it'll probably be like, you know, 110, 120, something around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Emily and I finally went and saw Thor Love and Thunder, directed by Taika YTT, starring. Uh, Natalie Portman and uh, one of the Chris's Hemsworth. That's Hemsworth. <laughs> I mean, Pratt was in there too, but yeah, uh, it wasn't really starring him though. Um, again, like easily the second best Thor movie that has come out. And I say this as a defender of like dark world, but not Thor one. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, Emily's gonna go poop real fast, so I'm just gonna talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm blowing up your spot. <laughs> tell the world that Jesus. Poop. <laughs> Cut that. Uh, I'm not cutting that. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna keep on talking about this movie for a minute. Uh, or is there anything that I've watched recently that I can talk about? Because I feel like there must be shit that I've watched myself. I don't know. I, I've had a lot of depression myself, so it's been hard to like convince myself to watch random bullshit. But even when I do watch random bullshit, I can't necessarily remember. Uh, I've I've been watching a lot of binging with Babish on fucking YouTube. If you haven't checked that out, it's pretty entertaining. Um. Yeah, definitely stuff. Um, I watched 
This is why I need someone to develop my app. Um, ah, fuck, man. I know I've definitely watched something. Yeah, sorry. This, this is this is some good podcasting right now, huh? Um, oh, I got nothing. All right. Um, so I want to go see Nope, but I haven't seen that yet. I'm trying to hold off on talking about Love and Thunder until Emily gets back because we went and saw it together. So it'd be more fun to talk about it together. Um, uh, fucking uh, exciting news from Comic-Con. I don't know how much you follow San Diego Comic-Con out there, guys, but uh, they announced the entirety of Phase 5. They also announced that the that phase four ends with Wakanda forever, which it seems like they've really kind of rushed phase four. But since they went like two years without any releases, I'm not surprised that they are trying to like kick things into hyperdrive. Uh, I think they're moving way too fast through phase five, but I don't know. I get what they're trying to do. Um, phase five is going to range from well, start off with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and end with the fucking Thunderbolts, which is really unfortunate that like, yay, we're finally getting a Thunderbolts movie. That's fucking rad. Boo. William Hurt's dead. So he won't be turning into Red Hulk. So. <clears throat> Womp. And phase six is going to be. Starting off with uh, fucking Fantastic Four. Rumors are saying it's not just going to be an origin story, so that'll be great. But I'm also going to guess it's not our buddy Dan's great story that has it set in the 60s where there are established heroes and the first villain is Mole Man, because that would be great. Um, And then it's going to end with Secret Wars. So that'll be cool. It's I'm hoping that they throw some of like the 80 secret wars in there instead of just doing the odd secret wars. But I don't know. Maybe we'll finally get um black suit Spider-Man in secret wars like they did in the 80s. And then the symbiote is like officially in our universe. Officially. Um other cool stuff coming out from Comic-Con is there is going to be a strange Star Trek, strange new worlds and Star Trek lower decks crossover. Yes. A live action and animated crossover episode where they're going to have the, and the actors from the animated series showing up as their live action selves in strange new worlds. So that'll be fucking rad. At least I think so. Um, fucking other stuff. Uh, Wakanda Forever looks good. Uh, the trailer I think was really strong. I'm excited for their introduction of Namor. I'm guessing that since we've been getting hints of Victor Von Doom 
that we might get a little more doom in there because I mean, honestly, the plot of that should be doom trying to use Namor to steal Wakanda's vibranium for himself, but Namor not knowing that he's just being used as a pawn. Uh, so that can be rad. Um, what else? Um, looking forward to She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Uh, especially the most recent trailer to come out from Comic-Con makes it look way more rad than I thought it did before. Oh, hey, you're back from pooping. <laughs> I'm going to come down there and slap you. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I was going to use about time. <laughs> But I held off on talking about Thor. I had like 30 seconds of dead air. <laughs> not not quite dead. Just me going, um, rana. <laughs> then, then I started talking about Comic-Con shit. I let them know oh. about uh, Strange New Worlds Lower Decks crossover. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so Marvel pumped for stuff. that. Especially now that we've been starting. Like, we're now partway through, most of the way through season two of The Boys. Because I'm finally getting around to watching it. And it's like, oh man, I'm between that and Lower Decks. Like, I'm pretty sold on Jack Quaid. I'm, I'm pumped to see him as the live action Boimler. Which is pretty much just going to be him, but with like purple hair. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I love that. Um, all right. So, Love and Thunder review. Um, it, it It's like 80, 88% as good as. Ragnarok, I'd say. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. Um, it has somewhat less of the fun elements. I mean, it definitely has some fun elements for sure, but like, I don't know. It it's got uh... some cheap jokes in there. Like, as much as I kind of giggled each time the um, goats were screaming, it, it it did get tiresome for me as well. Yeah, I mean, they, well, it stopped being giggleable, but, you know, yeah. I mean, goats really do fucking sound like that, and I imagine they would just be louder and more annoying if they were bigger, so. Yeah, I mean, it makes um, sense. It just feels like cheap joking. Yeah. Uh, like, um, same thing with um, fucking all of the Guns N' Roses, because there's like, like, Guns N' Roses are like a major plot point pretty much yeah. in the movie. And there's like six, five, five different scenes with, I think four different guns and roses songs. Yeah. I'm as a person who was never a huge fan of guns and roses. Like, yeah, I, I was never a big fan of GNR. <laughs> um, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I think that the music still worked. Um, I don't, I don't know, maybe maybe Taika's like a huge GNR fan or something. I don't really know what the reasoning was behind that because um, they haven't done any uh, single artist heavy music in, uh, I don't know, any of the MCU movies other than like, you know, because like that's the thing is, you know, Tony's thing was fucking... Um, Mostly classic rock. Yeah, classic rock, but very specifically... Um, 
come on, brain. ACDC. Yeah. Um, it, he was it, definitely more into ACDC, but it But it wasn't like, there weren't like any Iron Man movies that had like basically the entire soundtrack be ACDC. It was usually like a song Correct. or two every, <laughs> every movie. Um, but yeah. There's, there is a lot of GNR in this fucking movie. There is, but it all, I mean, it all still worked. Um, I, I kind of wish that we'd gotten a bit more of the guardians, frankly. Um, I'm not surprised that they just sort of like quickly shuffled them out. Um, I'm not surprised either. Cause it wasn't their movie, but it was, it still would have been fun to watch them pal around a little bit more. Cause I mean, but like they made it very clear that like every single person in the guardians was super sick of Thor. Like, like I mean, even like Drax is amused by like the like the e- is so easily amused, and he was basically like rolling his eyes, and it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if you if Drax is rolling his eyes at you, then like you are getting insufferable. Um, Mantis could tolerate ego, but not Thor. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, that says a lot. I really loved uh, Nebula being like, I'm going to fucking kill him or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, yes, love you. I, love I just so love much. Karen Gillan. Like, I know, I love but Karen I love Gillan as I love Nebula. Karen Gillan anyway, but like, I, yeah, Nebula is fucking awesome. I yeah. love Nebula. Um, I wish no, I was badass I... enough that Nebula was my spirit animal. <laughs> But no, like ultimately, I, I really enjoyed the movie a whole hell of a lot. I, I yeah. think that I think that the only thing that sort of hurt it, or at least like hurt the character of Thor somewhat, is not having Loki there. Yeah, I and that's I really I think that's the big element that made Ragnarok better is the fact that like. He and hit uh, so Hemsworth and Hiddleston have like amazing fucking chemistry when it comes mm-hmm. to like the whole Thor and Loki thing. We're not doing get help. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it. I love get help. <laughs> <laughs> My brother's sick. Get help throws him at him. Um, like <laughs> their shit just works super fucking well together. Yeah, um, I don't get me wrong. Great now. chemistry. But honestly, like the chemistry between Hemsworth and Portman with Portman being more than just like a Mary Sue side character is, I think, fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I'm really glad that uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, um, this is this may not be the last time we see her, but it actually it feels like it won't be the last time we see her. But like. Technically speaking, she's dead now, so if we do see her again, it'll be in Valhalla, because, you know, we haven't seen any of the people who have moved on to Valhalla otherwise, because, you know, we get to see um, Heimdall again, and, you know, because he's there, and he's like, hey, what's up? Of course Welcome Heimdall. to Valhalla. The open bar's over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was... So we probably will see her again, but, like... Uh, the movie gave her if character. We, if we don't, I am 
very happy with where her story ends. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, the, the movie gave her earthly character a solid ass send off, man. Like that was, that was fucking, that was a very loving tribute. Like, Hey, um, look, you, you can not only wield Mjolnir, but it makes you like this, like super badass. And like, Thor. it brings out, Actually, no. I let me rephrase that. It brings out the super badass that was already there. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if she didn't have Mjolnir, she was still a hero even in her life. Because, mm-hmm. like, they they do a great job of like establishing her accomplishments after. Because, like, we only really got to see like Thor's accomplishments after they broke up, and right. Like, we, we get a lot more of, like, what her life was like. And they do stick fairly true to the comics for the Mighty Thor as well of, like, they don't really get into how she got the cancer, but it's yeah. implied that it's, you know, a intense cancer that is related to her genetics because mm. it seems like her mother died of whatever she was dying of as well. So it could be like, you know, genetically influenced breast cancer or something. Yeah. Like whatever it was was highly resistant to treatment. Yeah. Um But um honestly, yeah. like I think that one of my favorite things about the movie though might have been Christian Bale. I, I think that he might be the best one off villain that we have had in any Marvel movie. Well, any MCU movie. Strictly one-off. Best in what sense? Um, Relatable, connectable, uh, even though alien, humanized, and you understand where he's coming from. And it's like, while I don't agree with your means, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, in that sense, I really dug him. I'm not sure I like him better than Michael Keaton as Vulture. Because come on, man, Michael Keaton as Vulture was. No, Michael Keaton as Vulture, I think, is like up there for same reasons. Yeah. Like super relatable, like his reasons, like, you know, you may not agree with his methods, but like you understand his motivation very clearly and it feels very relatable. Like, honestly, I feel like this guy's motivation was a little bit less relatable other than the fact that it's like, you know, he was influenced by an evil sword, basically, because like, how do you jump from? No, I mean, it's like, I understand jumping from like influence. Well, like, yeah, part of it is the influence of the evil sword. But he like was a, he was abandoned and laughed at by his God. Well, I know, while I know, I understand that. But, like, very much, like, it's, like, you know, even like, gods, because gods exist in the MCU, yeah, like, as a, as a class of where, you know, gods are not a fucking monolith. Exist. It's, like, it's, like, it's, like, saying, like, oh, I got fucked over by a person of a particular ethnicity, ethnicity once, and now I hate everybody from that ethnicity. Like, it's the same fucking problem I have with that concept. It's, like... Oh, so, like, you're being racist, but, like, against gods and not, like, people. 
mean, most of the gods that we meet are fucking shitbags, though. Yeah, but like, that's because. But like, also shitbags stand out. Yeah, yeah. And are usually louder. His his first reaction to like meeting his god after he had been, you know, promised the great reward after going through the desert after his daughter died in his hands was his god literally laughing in his face like oh yeah I but that means your god see. is a shitbag oh yeah it does not mean that like by extrapolation every single other god deserves to die oh yeah and that's where the corruption of the necrosword comes in yeah of like that is what told him to kill all gods well to kill eternity really yeah and like you know uh, which is why, like, I don't know, man. I'm going to say I might find Vulture more relatable just because Vulture's, like, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, I, I, he, it's, like, he's just sociopathic enough to not care about who he has to step on or kill to, you know, make his business work. But, like, his fundamental motivation is, like, supporting his family and that's how he gets enough money to do it like i feel like that's an easier thing to relate to and a better thing to relate to than (laughs) you got fucked over by one person so therefore it's like therefore you become um the, the hitler of gods like you just decide that you know you had a bad experience with one person and or and you decide to kill every single other person in their race like that's uh not great that's um that's a kind of genocide you uh, know definitely genocide so like that's know, are, we calling, cool. are, are we actually calling gods a race no, I would call them more of a class of beings, but, you know, f- fundamentally the the principle is sort of the same here. I mean, yeah, of course there's going to be, like, shitbags. Every fucking group on this planet has shitbags. Indeed. I mean, I would I mean, argue I, that, like, white people have a, like... have a significant percentage of shitbags, and since there's an awful lot of us, you most of the shitbags you meet are white. You know? Like... I don't kill yeah. Whitey. <laughs> yeah, man. Like if you're going to yeah. Like I understand that it's not quite racism because, you know, it's you can't really be racist against people who are so a disparate and b have so much more power than you in a like, you know, absolute sense. But like still man it's it like i have a huge problem with anybody who goes i met one person from this group and that means i that i had a bad experience which means i don't like anybody from that group i met one shitbag billionaire and i want to kill all billionaires yeah but i mean that's the thing is the billionaires are mostly in the public eye and uh most of them are shitbags gods are also in the public eye well not quite in the public eye but not quite in the public eye, man. Most people, like, most people don't... It, okay. I mean, the one that really hurt me was... Uh, I forget the name of the god, but, like, the big gentle creature. Oh, yeah. I forget what it was called, but, yeah, that one was cool. But, like, again, guy... Like, what? why kill cool. Why kill that god? Like, what did that god... 
nothing do to you. Yeah. The, the point like, is, is this guy, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is this guy wasn't like selectively targeting his victims. He was kill all gods, kill all gods. And it's like, yeah. okay, like, couldn't you be more like the Dexter of gods, like only kill the shitty ones? Because then I might be able to get on board with that. Like Zeus is a dick bag. Fuck that guy. Well, and all the other gods in, I forget what that location was called, but all the other gods there. just Omnipotent City. Omnipotent City. <laughs> it's a great name. Um, <laughs> but like all the other gods there seem complacent to his whim. Mm-hmm. So aren't they just as bad as him? Um, And I'm guessing that the color gods, oh no, because she took out the color she, gods she took him, i think i think she just knocked him out is yeah the implication. um but i uh, i mean while i don't while i don't think well first off not every god was in that room true second i don't think that I, or was invited to the party i don't think that um bowing to the whims of a tyrant is always a like it's not a moral point in your favor but it's also not always like you should be condemned because you there are definitely all right let's go back again to the example of like nazi germany there were a lot of people who uh, supported the Nazis simply because they didn't want to any harm to come to them or their family. Oh, and yeah. like, You're that's, kidding. that's not like a good thing, but it's not like you were explicitly endorsing it. You were just doing what you needed to do to survive and protect your family. Like I'm not, I still don't know how good of an excuse that really is. It's though. not a great excuse, but it is definitely a different thing than being pumped about killing or, or pumped about the uh, killing of Jewish people. But also you have to remember that a lot of people in Nazi Germany were not aware of the death camps for a long time. Like, that was not like right. a oh um, yeah the news is telling us how many Jews we hey, killed this week. Hey, we should probably get off of this topic before we get too much farther into it because um, you're you're going down a slippery slope at the moment. So let, let's let's. I'm not. just saying that there's there's a nothing in life is black is black and white. There's a lot of gray areas. It doesn't. It doesn't ex it, behavior is not always excused, but it can be explained by things that are not malicious. Yeah, it, it it's still not an excuse for being a Nazi. Um, we we do not condone anti-Semitism or no, fucking we Nazis. do not. And, and if in I any see you in the street form. and I can tell you're a fucking Nazi, I'm gonna punch you in the dick. And if you don't well, have a dick, I'm gonna punch you in the throat. It, also, we're also in a place in a time where you know you're not going to die simply because you condone nazis or you be simply because you uh do not condone nazis like it's oh, not also, if i ever see you out in public with a confederate flag 
as somebody from the South, I am going to call you out on that fucking shit. If you want to, if you want to wave, if you want to wave the true flag of the South, it's a white fucking flag. The Confederate flag is a flag of traitors. Also, weren't we talking about like secession in this episode as well? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Northeast and the West Coast need to secede. Well, we'll also I mean, take Illinois. <laughs> like, I, I think that, yeah, it, we're, yeah, we're definitely, I don't know. I, I'm definitely at a point where it's like, if seceding means we get away from the parts of the country that are cool with like, you know, racism and hate speech and um, taking away women's rights and stuff. Um, yep. Fuck them. Yep. I don't, I don't, I really don't particularly want my tax dollars supporting your shit. So. Nope. Um, although we would have to end up repurposing a bunch of money for relocation programs for people who wanted to be able to escape back to society. Because, like, there are plenty of people in, like, even fucking Georgia and Texas who oh, I know. wouldn't want to be part, wouldn't want to be part of whatever new union forms. Yeah, and I also don't think that, you know, as a, you know, I, I don't think that we'd do the same thing and be like, close our fucking borders because fucking brown people might come over. Like, no, but know. like moving costs are expensive. It oh, is I know. expensive to move. It is. Um... Like, I, they I mean, would probably end up like depending I'm, on what happens, they would probably end up trying to close their borders to keep people from leaving. I'm, I'm. It would become like the North Korea in the U.S. Uh, secession seems like a a fun idea. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. Well, I don't think that's the at least not the first part of how this is going to go down. I. Uh, I think we're steaming towards some full-on conflict, perhaps a full-on civil war, but perhaps we can avoid that. But um, I, war. I know, but I don't think I don't think that we're going to have enough time to get to that point because um, yeah, it's going to be a civil war, and then it's probably going to be a water war during the civil war. Yeah, I'm really and money won't matter because money's fake. Well, I mean. You know, one of the one of the things that like, you know, if the Southwest wants to continue to survive, um, be like Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas actually has, for instance, uh, last year, Las Vegas has banned um, uh, non-native lawns. Yes. Like they're in one of the driest deserts in they're in the driest desert in North America, period, for sure. Maybe the Americas entirely. Um, and, yeah. And the majority of the water that's used in their water features uh, along the Strip are um, undrinkable water. Yeah, it's non-potable. And the fact that... Um, oh, it's hypersalinated. So they actually draw... About half of half or more of the water that they draw from the Colorado River gets sent back to the Colorado River clean. 
like every every drain and stuff in Las Vegas goes to immediately to a water treatment plant, which cleans it entirely and then returns it to the Colorado River. I feel like we should have more of that. Oh shit! Maybe like uh, other Southwest areas, or like in, in, up to and including places like LA, um, should invest in more in similar infrastructure because uh, if you want to keep existing, that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. If you want your property to be worth anything in the next twenty years, that's the way you do it. Um. All right. What else we got? Anything else? Um, well, we went really off topic with, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, but yeah, Thor Love and Thunder fucking ruled, uh, Valkyrie was awesome, um, we got Taika as, uh, Korg as kind of our narrator again, and love it, like, seriously, love Taika, really like his direction, love his acting, um, yep, more Taika. Take a good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No, Love and Thunder. Check it out if you haven't already. And if you haven't already, then shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, it's still worth watching, though. Uh, oh, also fun their turnaround. It's like I don't know, a month and a half, a month away from being on a uh, Disney Plus. So. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if you're if you're a huge nerd like us, um, I did not realize, but there is a Dragon Ball Super movie that has been released to theaters. It is currently in theaters, and um, I I'm gonna try to go see it because I've never seen a Dragon Ball ed- like well, other than the live action evolution, which like I barely want to acknowledge exists, but it sucks way less than the last airbender. So at least I can feel slightly better about acknowledging that it exists, but it would be nice to see an animated dragon ball, something in a theater. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I think it'd I be think right. There's a well. one piece movie out too, which if you care about that, go for it. But like one piece is not something I ever got into. No, honestly, like, to get into now for me it's too damn long oh yeah no way like I-, I have invested so much time with so many others like bleach i watched all of bleach unless there's been new bleach in like the last decade but i don't know i man. watched them like awesome. finish out that story and i don't know it was like two-fifths good yeah Maybe three fifths good. It's either slightly over half or slightly under half. It also makes me wonder if they actually have done a um, a Kai version of Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball yet, because no. I would love to be able to watch through that without having all of the superfluous bullshit. Yeah, but no, they 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 need to do a Kai of that. They need to do a Kai of GT. Oh yeah, G- GT. I mean, GT was sig- like I tr- we tried watching through part of GT, and like my god, it was so insufferable after having seen the difference between the original Dragon Ball and Kai. 
or Dragon Ball Z and Kai. Like, it was like, oh my god, there's like one thing that happened in this episode and it doesn't even really matter in the general scheme of things. It's like, I forgot that it was like this. Well, how do you forget that it's like that? Because that was always the joke of DBZ, of like, this episode of Dragon Ball Z. Next episode on Dragon Ball Z. Okay, look, I didn't... on Dragon Ball Z. Like, that I was kn- I, look, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying that, like, I got spoiled by both the... The Kai, the Kai treatment, treatment and Super, where Super finally figured their shit out. The Kai treatment and Super, and also the fact that um, I think that my attention span has gotten shorter as life has gotten more complicated. I can feel that. So I think that, like, when I was originally watching, like, the non-Kai Dragon Ball Z in, like, the 90s, you know my attention span was a lot longer. There were a lot fewer options of things to watch anyway. Like it was just easier. Mm. Alrighty kiddos. My beer is empty. So I believe that we are going to call it. Mm. Um, my name has been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. We've been new England beer reviews. You can check us out wherever the fuck you check out shit. Facebook, Instagram, podcasting stuff. You can give us money on Patreon at patreon.com backslash N-E-B-R. That's the initials of our show, New England Beer Reviews, N-E-B-R. If you like us at all or something, I don't know, fucking check us out on our other podcast, um, See It or Screw It. It is a movie podcast where we do like different movies and different topics and like three to four people with ADHD who are unmedicated and just bullshitting movies. It's fun. We think it's fun. Yeah, Hopefully we think it's you fun. would too. Um, Emily, last word. It's over nine thousand. It's over nine thousand. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, cool. <laughs> that is a good last word. Damn you, Cockerot! <laughs> Let's go see Yamcha. Yamcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's never perfect. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.